I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, y'all, and this is JJ Crable, and uh, today our guest is Emily. <laughs> Emily, would you like hey. to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, hey, um, I am Emily. I am a spiritual practitioner, and I live on the road full time, which is really super fun. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Where are you calling in from currently, Emily? Um, I am currently in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, cool. Okay. Not too far from yeah. us down here in Atlanta. Um, yeah. And so, Emily, uh, when you say you're a spiritual practitioner, I have no idea what that means. Can you give us like a little overview of what you do? Sure. So, um, it can be called many things. Um, I am technically a psychic, right? Um, it falls under a very broad spectrum, but really what that means is that I work with clients to help them alleviate any sort of um, spiritual activities that they're having, but also work with them uh, with any abilities that they might have, um, if they want to develop those or maybe protect themselves a little bit within the realm of activity. Um, yeah, just help them understand sort of their world with a spiritual sort of uh, focus. Wow, that's cool. really fascinating. How long have you been doing this? Um, so I've seen spirits my whole life, um, come from a family that's very like welcoming to that idea, very supportive. Um, but when I was uh, 19, I actually got the opportunity to work with a shaman and he did all of my mentorship training. So, um, and I'm now 37, so a long time. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Wow. And um, have you always done it by kind of traveling the world or were you centrally located for a time? So, yeah, for a very long time, I had like a regular life. Um, 
Um, I had a, you know, regular kind of situation, lived in regular towns, had jobs, um, but have always wanted to sort of reach more people. Um, I've always been wanderlust. I've traveled all over the world. So I figured why not try to combine the two things? Um, that took about three years to make the full transition to, you know, getting rid of all the normal responsibilities. And uh, yeah, I just jumped in and said, let's, let's give it a try. See what happens. Awesome. Sounds like a really cool career path. Um, and where, where did you, uh, train with this, uh, shaman? Was that in the U S? It was in the States. Um, it actually, it was in central Ohio, oddly enough. Um, he was Blackfoot, which is not where they're from. Um, but, um, he had some family and long story short, he ended up moving into that area when he was, he was 83 when I met him. He was quite old. Mm, okay. Um, no, I was just going to say, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't his sort of ancestral home, but, uh, mm-hmm. he luckily made it there and I got to meet him. So, yeah. So the biggest thing I would say, uh, is that's a big part of my work and the things that we learned from him was the idea that the spirit, you know, the spirit world lays over our world, right? If you think of it, um, you know, like right now, physicists are working on the idea of parallel, um, universes, multiple, multiple dimensions, same idea. So, um, you know, the most shamans view the spirit world that it lays over our world. So uh, he taught me something called journeying, which is a very advanced form of meditation. Uh, eventually, you get to do it in the waking hours and in the, the eyes open walking around. Um, and our world starts to look like you have one version and then you have another version behind it. So like if, you know, if I could beam you guys into my into my vision um it would look very different probably than what you guys are used to seeing because it's sort of like a double kind of a double exposure and is that something that you have to reach by meditation or can you kind of uh get into that mind frame instantaneously so initially um, during the training process and you know early on it was always through meditation you know through the very basic like everybody can do you know settling yourself down breathing um but after not too long, I would say maybe six months, um, I was able to start doing that without having to go through that process. Um, and now it's all the time. Wow, that's that's really fascinating. So are there certain key moments that have been influential or very memorable to you during your journey uh, doing this? Um, as far as working with clients or walking around in spirit? Oh man, uh, both. both yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So, walking around in the spirit world, uh, that is a very strange adventure. Every time you sort of do it, um, the things in the spirit world look very different than what we're used to. You know, I mean, there's human spirits we're walking around, just like in regular life. Um, but there's a lot of non-human spirits, right? Uh, nature spirits, non-human entities that have never been human, um, and they look very very different than us um they can be a lot of times when people start the journey um it can be a little scary because they look they can look monstrous in a way um and of course our pop culture loves to like you know blow all that stuff out of proportion and everything you know everything that doesn't look like us is evil which is not true um so yeah it's a lot of getting used to sort of looking past things appearance to see what they really are so we've had guest on before who um, are psychics and mediums or both. And there a lot of those guests, their childhoods were filled with seeing ghosts and not really being able to explain it. Some of them can describe it kind of like the uh, Sixth Sense movie. 
Did you have similar yep. experiences when you were kind of first getting into this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I remember my mom telling me that I used to tell her all the time that we, I grew up on a farm, so we had animals all over the place. And um, I used to tell her all the time that there was a black dog in, in our backyard, you know, all the time. And she's like, we don't have a black dog. We have like every other color dog, but we don't have a black, <laughs> we don't have a black dog. And I just was so obsessed with this dog. Um, and it turned out years later that that's one of my guys. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, hmm. it, it, that happens a lot. To people where they feel like they see things or like you were saying, other mediums and psychics, you know, they see things all the time. And then it turns out years later that it's just the reality of their world. So what does your spirit guide do for you? So everybody has spirit guides. Um, there's two types. There's a spirit guide that is a either a non-human um, that was sort of charged with protecting you, or they've chosen to protect you. Um, or there's ancestral guides, which is people that maybe are somehow related to you in life, whether you knew them now or they're many, many, many generations back. Um, spirit guides or ancestor guides, they're really... You're a little bit like um, they're there to help you understand your own intuition. So, you know, that feeling like that gut feeling, right? Like maybe I should get out of here. Or maybe I should go on a date with this person or whatever it is. That feeling is the same thing that they do. For you. They are the one thing in the world that cares as much about you as you do about yourself. So they are there to, if you communicate with them, they're there to help you answer questions about life. They're there to keep you safe. They're there to protect you. Of course, their main job is to protect you from other spirits. So can you communicate with yours? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so everybody, anybody that has talent, which I do believe that almost everyone has talent, just varying degrees, um, has some type of way of communicating with their spirit guides. Some people feel them. Some people hear them in their heads. Sometimes they can actually see them. Sometimes they get symbols in their mind, like in the sort of that third eye idea. Um, mine are usually through symbolism. So that I get images. And over the years, I've developed sort of a language with them so that I understand what each symbol means. Um, and I also sometimes, if it's like a really big deal, <laughs> sometimes I'll hear them. But it's usually through that symbol. And the the images that you're getting are these like you know physical things that you're you're seeing that you know are like present in the physical world but have like a a strong significance or symbolism for you or are these things that like you know someone like me who has very little intuition uh I could be standing next to you and and not see it at all right so um it's Probably closer to the river. So my guess would be that it's another psychic might be able to pick up on the language, but realistically, it's kind of singular to me. Gotcha. Cool. And has your spirit guide um, had any big effects for you in your life? Were there, have there been things that you were warned off of that could have been catastrophic or warned to that have, have paid off big dividends for you? Uh, yeah, both, both things actually. Um, so I remember this was probably 
oh, at least 10 years ago now, at least. I was driving home from um, I was sending a friend's house. And it was late, and I had, at the time I had a big truck because, as I said, we lived on farms. Um, I had a big truck, and driving down the highway, and it's 10 o'clock at night, nobody's on the highway, and all of a sudden I hear my, my guy's voice, and he says, change the lane right now. Like, like almost screams it. And I said, okay, so I'm used to it, you know, so okay. So I did. And not 20 feet in front of me, as soon as I changed the lane on the other side of the lane that I was in, you know, those, um, big concrete or those big steel plates they put over the, uh, the holes of the, in the ground when they're doing like, like road work. Oh, oh yeah. We live in Atlanta. We know about those steel plates. Yeah. So one of the steel plates was like 12 foot steel plates. It had fallen into the hole that was, it was covering up. Oh my gosh. So had it had I not changed lanes, I would have driven 55 miles an hour into a hole. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So that, that saved me for sure. Um, and then I've been warned off of, um, you know, being in relationships or doing, you know, the normal life stuff that I ignored and certainly regretted it. <laughs> Well, wow, that's really fascinating. And I know, or I may be making an assumption, but you, you are also able to connect with other people's spirit guides when you work with them. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's usually the first couple steps when I work with them. I do a lot of mentorship. So if anybody's listening and they want to actually get some mentorship, I'd be happy to do that. Um, but our first couple steps are usually connecting with their spirit guides because that's a huge step to getting them safely into the spirit world and learning to control their abilities and all of that. So usually that's the first thing that we go on to them to try to help them find, find their spirit. Guide. When you're just out in public, let's say you're at like a busy mall and you're walking around, do you hear other people's spirit guides reaching out to you because you have this ability to communicate with them? Um, I think it depends. Yes. To answer your question shortly. Yes. Um, it usually depends on the, where that person is in their life and what's going on with them. You know, most people, generally speaking, kind of going along. They're okay. Hopefully, they don't have a lot of trauma in their life. They're just kind of moving along. If they're living a normal, basic life, their suicides are going to just go along with them. Most of the time when I hear them or see them um, unrequested is because something's going on with that person. Um, and usually if I get an opportunity and it feels like maybe that person's going to be open to it, I might go and try to make a conversation with them. So you will take that step to try to reach out to them and say, hey, there's something going on that we need to talk about? I do. I do. It is unfortunately not always um, super welcome, but sometimes it is and that makes it worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. We had somebody on recently um, who... She gets premonitions of people's deaths. For mm. her, she's been really accurate uh, on those uh, premonitions to the point where she was in high school and she walked by one of her favorite professors and, and something just told her like, oh, he's going to die. And she got really sad. And then like that next week, he unexpectedly died of a heart attack. But I asked her, do you ever feel compelled to reach out to these people when you feel that? And, and she didn't. Um, whether it was just because she felt awkward or didn't know how to explain it or, or just didn't feel like she had to. Mm -hmm. To me, that felt like a big burden um, to have that information that other people don't have. 
but it sounds like you've been able to manage that and kind of make it work for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Precognition, uh, like in her case, that especially, you know, like that's all the massive stuff. That's extremely challenging. And I certainly, you know, went through well because that's a rough, that's a rough road. Yeah. But most of the time when I, you know, get something from someone, yes, it can be sometimes like that they're going through something and they need a little support or they need some sort of message from maybe someone that's passed for them. But most of the time, it's, I have this, I've noticed this over and over and over again in my life that I have a tendency to come into people's lives when they're making huge transitions. Sure. And sometimes I can be a little bit of a catalyst for that. And sure. so I haven't hesitated as much as maybe I would have if I hadn't seen the positive results. So Emily, I'm I'm just curious, because at some point you had to go from, you know, living in your parents' house to telling them, all right, I'm moving out to study spiritual advisor career path. Um, were they were they supportive of that? What was that like? Yeah, so I have a, an amazing family. Um, my mom is um, is a psychic. She's very talented um, mm-hmm. as well. She used it just in her own way. She's not really practiced. Um, so she, you know, she's very open. My dad is open to it. He sort of just goes about, you know, kind of goes along with it. They were always supportive, but keep in mind too that at the time it was always going to be this kind of cool side thing I did. And I had like a regular life along with that. I mean, I wouldn't say I ever had like a normal life because I did, I actually was in a, a professional equestrian for many years. Um, so that wasn't really normal either, but, <laughs> but at least it was like a job, you know, it was a normal job. Um, and so they were at the time when it happened, when I got to work with, um, his name was Wolfson. When I got to work with Wolfson, it was very like, that's a cool thing. You get to do this. Awesome. And that was kind of the end of it, right? Like it, it never, we never really thought that, you know, however many years down the road, it would turn into, I'm going to like sell everything and quit all my jobs and like. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and, and you kind of went through your journey a little bit with us. Um, and I know you mentioned uh, your customers. So what, what's like the craziest experience that you've had so far that's been really impactful um, for, you know, somebody that you've helped? Yeah, so it's interesting because a lot of times I'll go and work with, you know, work with a client, especially on like activity cases. So I work a lot with um, the paranormal teams all over the country. They're a huge support system for me. They'll call me in when they have a case that they don't know what to do with and they want much help with. So I went in with a team, helped the girl that was just having normal, this is a weird way of saying it, but a normal kind of activity. Right? Like, Sounds, bumping noises, bad dreams, um, you know, spots in the house that made her dizzy, just normal kind of basic stuff. So I went through, did the community, helped her understand, like, how to connect with her spirit guides and be safe and do the whole thing. To me, it seemed very, very normal. But it turns out that two months later, she contacted the team again and said that that she was, when, when I saw her, when we saw her, she didn't let on that she was terrified, like terrified. She didn't think she was going to even make it to the next month. She was so scared. And just being able to have the support of both the team and the work that I did, in her words, she said, I saved the room, which is so weird to me. Right? Like, I mean, that's wonderful and I'm glad. But I never, never would have thought that that was a possibility. But 
I've had that happen multiple times that people have said that it's totally changed their life, which how amazing and rewarding is that? Wow. And what, um, what kind of experiences was she having? Like, was, what was it, was she dealing with like a demon or something or what, uh, what was making so, her feel so effective? Yeah. So she had, um, she had a, basically she had a poodle in her house, right? And there, again, big culture, we love to blow these out of proportion. Portals are just bad energy spots that happen to thin the veil, and then things can come in and out. I think of it more of a bus station than like anything evil, right? It's just a spirit bus. Hmm. So she was having a lot of, and she was, you know, she had abilities, so of course it affected her more. So she was having a lot of nightmares. She was hearing voices in her head, and she was, she literally thought she was going to because she's like, these aren't my voices. Like, why, you know, what's happening? Am I going to have to be hospitalized? Because you know, our brain from like a social standpoint, immediately goes to that, that fear of, oh my God, I'm crazy. Like, right. how am I going to be a normal person if I have voices in my head? And she was worried that like, she was like, that she was schizophrenic and like all of this stuff. We of course found this out later. She didn't tell us all this stuff. She just moved us in to look at the, you know, to look at the activity. But that she was, that's why she was so scared. So she was hearing um, because she was afraid she was so afraid. kind of um, hitting her all at once. Is that right? Right. Uh, yeah. It would be. It would be as if you were you fell asleep in your bed and then you woke up in Francis's sleeping, right? And you don't know how you got there and you have all these strangers around you and they can't. You can't see them. You can only hear them. That would, would be really scary. Oh yeah, I would so, definitely I, think I was yeah. like crazy or something. If, <laughs> That was happening. Right. I, and I wonder, you know, since since your mother also kind of shares this gift with you, you know, maybe you you didn't go through like as much uh, doubt of when you started when like, I guess, spirits started presenting themselves to you. But did you ever have a moment in your life where you kind of thought like maybe this isn't what I think it is or like, did you ever kind of. I don't know. Did it, did it ever make you kind of question your, your sanity? <laughs> um, yes. I don't know. I don't know if questioning my sanity was exactly the right way, but I understand what you're saying. Um, yes. Yeah. Not, not to <laughs> yeah. imply that I think you're insane, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking from, if I was in that position, like I, I would probably go to a psychiatrist first. Time, <laughs> right. Um, no, I, I think I did have the advantage of, you know, when I was from the time I was tiny, tiny little kid to all the way still, if I say something to my family, like, Hey, there's this over there, or this spirit says this, or I see that I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, like <laughs> it was never, they never said that it was an issue. They never denied it. They never, just because they couldn't see it or, or whatever, they never said it wasn't there. So I don't think I really went through that per se. Yeah. But I did definitely and still do sometimes. I have to, when I go into like working out with a client, like on an activity case with one of the paranormal teams, I have to still say to myself, whatever you get, whatever you hear, whatever you feel, whatever it is, you have to trust that that's what you're getting. You know, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. It doesn't matter if the client, if it makes sense to the client. It doesn't matter. Just say it because that's what it is. So that, you know, I think that whole doubt thing. 
Well, and it, and it must be, you know, especially in your case, you've had uh, instances where you've had a proof of concept, right? Like driving the car and it tells, you know, your spirit guide tells you, hey, get in the other lane and it potentially saves your life. So I'm sure that makes it a little easier to right. accept what's going on. It does. It does for sure. And, you know, and constant, um, you know, when like when clients and they're like, thank you. It's been people in the house since then. We don't have any issues or whatever it may be. Or when I work with my mentorship clients, you know, when they say, oh, I think this is easier, they're much better. Or I see this now or I see that now. That really helps. Any kind of confirmation really, really helps. So I, I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to, uh, we have an episode called Devin, Devin's Demons. Uh, it's a friend of ours who has a very active relationship with the paranormal. I think it was stronger when he was younger, but he still has a, a pretty um, active relationship with ghosts and spirits. Um, and he and um, he and a group of other people live in a house that at least as an outsider looking in, appears to be haunted. I think they would definitely tell you that it's haunted. We actually did an episode from their house uh, and we had a, gosh, what are they called? An EMP where you have some kind of weird sound that you can't explain, like come through the podcast. I don't know. It could have just been some weird mouth noise in a mic. But um, <laughs> right. it's so you live or, or not live, but you travel. It sounds like, you know, close-ish to the southeast. Are you ever in Atlanta? Because I would love to hook you up with them and maybe do a recording from their house with your experience, you know, what you feel from that house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to. Yeah, I, so I have the luxury of not traveling where it's really cold when it's like so, <laughs> so I do stay in the South um, as much as I can. Uh, so yeah, I would love to. That would be great. Like I said, I'm in Charlotte right now, which is not very far. So we can definitely do that. Okay. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I think that's something our listeners would enjoy. But even more, I think it's something that we would really find interesting knowing Devin and, and everything that he's been through. And just that house has some wild stuff going on in it. So I would love to kind of get um, a professional's uh, yeah. perspective on what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sounds like really fun. Yeah, the key, you know, the key thing to remember and for all the listeners to remember is that the whole world is haunted, right? I mean, if you look at it that way, because it, it, from the traditional that I was taught and from my own experience, and most psychics are going to say this, the same thing, because the spirit world is so close to ours, it literally lays over the top. You can't go anywhere without seeing spirits if you're so talented and, and you're so inclined, right? So each location may have more activity, especially if you've got like a household of um, psychics or people that have ability. That can, you know, that'll attract all kinds of stuff because it's like a party. <laughs> if you're walking down your neighborhood and somebody's got some, you know, got a grill out and they got a nice little bonfire in the back, you're going to be like, hey, you know, can I can I join? Same thing. So if you've got people that um, have ability, they're going to bring spirits to them because they look different from their world. Yeah, that's exactly how he describes it because he's uh, he would he would say that everybody in that house um is open to the paranormal and that kind of invites that energy into the home yeah yeah absolutely so um we're kind of coming up to uh our mark How, is there what would you like our audience to know about you i mean obviously you've been gracious with your time and gone through a lot um about your journey but how can they get in contact with you what is it uh, what does that process kind of entail? Um, what would you like to leave them with? Yeah, for sure. So um, 
the biggest thing is if somebody, two things, if there's a paranormal team that wants my help, um, if there's a mentorship um, opportunity that you're looking for, I'm certainly happy to do that. Um, and even if you just want like a one time, hey, I've got some activity, can you come check it out? Um, the easiest way to do that is message me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Midnight Allegory, A-L-L-E-G-R-O-Y. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Or you can just go to the website, same name, MidnightAllegory.com. Uh, you can message me there too. That's probably the easiest. Um, I think the last thing that I would like to like have everybody understand is that we see a lot in our pop culture how ghosts are scary. Right. And demons everywhere and possession and all of these things. All of that stuff in my over 20 years of experience, I have had one, one real possession. One. So that says a lot. <laughs> so you're safe. Spirits love you. Everything's fine. Don't be afraid. How similar was it to the movie Exorcist? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> Your head didn't spin around. Nobody vomited. <laughs> Well, that's yeah, no, kind of a bummer. But... <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was a lot of me just like sitting around meditating until like they felt better. Like it was really nothing. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you it so much. My head, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for reaching out to to us. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on, and I look forward to talking to you again. I would love to set that up and maybe um, get you down here where we can have you check out Devin's house. Yeah, that sounds great. I think, uh, yeah, let's do it. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, you have a great rest of your night, and I can't wait to hear more stories. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, JJ. So that was different. Uh, yeah, I don't. We've we've had people who make their income from paranormal, but I felt like she kind of fell into a different spectrum than our normal uh, psychic medium. Yeah, um, how so? How so? Well, she deals with the spirit world, mm -hmm. which I've never heard of. Like this, people like guiding you through the world, kind of thing. You know. Yeah, I think spirit guides might have come up in uh, one of our episodes before. Uh, listeners, listen, go back and listen to every one of our episodes so you can find it and let us know what it is. Um, but yeah, there was some common vocabulary there, which maybe that means something about the consistency of the experiences. Maybe it's just, you know, how vocabulary gets shared across people i don't know am i convinced uh like definitely you know as you mentioned she has uh according to her gotten you know results from uh her guides and um from her work uh but you know i think we've had a most of our guests have been close friends of ours um, we've had a few others who've come on, uh, like Emily, who've reached out to us through Instagram. And, you know, not to say that any of those guests are are frauds or scammers, but it's just harder for me to, you know, be convinced when I, I don't know this person in, in person, you know? Sure. And, and you're already a skeptic. So I think knowing them in person kind of 
makes you maybe a little more likely to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Whereas yeah. when it's just a voice on a phone, it's a little harder to. I mean, no one wants to believe that your friends are lying to you about seeing ghosts. Um, because they are why? we've had so many liars um, unless it's like a funny prank or something then right. i'm down for it but yeah yeah, yeah. i don't, I don't want to think that all of our friends we've had on here have lied to us um and i don't i i don't think that the um emily or the people calling in have lied to us it's just really you know they they all seem very genuine uh people it's just hard to uh it's hard to, to have yeah it's yeah. hard to have something like that kind of shake my beliefs as opposed to like, if you know, something happened to me in person that I was witness to. I do love the idea of like a near death experience or a death experience being avoided by some voice being like, turn left. And you're just like, cool, I'm turning left. And then you see like a car explode in front of you or something. I mean, that's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, they've got cars that can do that on their own now, but I don't have one of those cars. So I would love to have a spirit guide to be like, hey, check your blind spot. That's funny. Yeah. I don't know. It was interesting. Um, I, for me, I would love to get her here where we could, uh, see what it's like to have her around our friends who have had these experiences for sure well maybe that will be a future episode so keep listening listeners so what do you think did that move you on the spectrum at all no i mean i i think it's fascinating and i i would love to like meet her and find out more about it um and it's really interesting to me but you know like i said I, i i can't really be convinced by someone who just you know reached out to us on instagram but yeah what about you has this changed or uh, affected your your beliefs um i thought it was interesting i mean i think for me these kind of episodes are more just information gathering mm-hmm. letting people know this stuff exists yeah. and kind of seeing what what our audience's feedback is uh she seemed genuine um but of course like you said we haven't met her we haven't experienced her powers or anything like that um, but yeah, it's fascinating. I, I think to me, the next step will be getting some of these people in person and, and seeing what happens. Ooh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, with that, uh, that's another episode of the Real Haltings podcast. I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm JJ Crable. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.